As we stand at the precipice, feeling the heat on our faces from the dumpster fire our country has devolved into, sometimes an escape is necessary. And sure, meth will do that for you, but maybe, just maybe, dating horror stories from someone else's romantic fuckery might be better for your health. Surely your dentist would agree. So, laugh, cry, blush from secondhand embarrassment, and revel in a playground of mishaps that just might help you forget. Welcome to The Cultural Experience, Season 1, The Alphabet Chronicles. M is for Moment. I'm going to be honest. This experience lives in the foggy recesses of my brain, almost like a dream. But I have the texts to prove it. I think. We'd been out all day drinking, enjoying the city, when we hit that point in our revelry where niceties are abandoned and occasional app-checking is permitted. I was horny and needing some attention, so uh, I opened a few choice apps as the train carried us uptown. This approach allows you to cheat the location-based system. By logging on in different neighborhoods, you're diversifying, popping up on grids all across Manhattan. It's just good business. Nothing makes the apps more stale than keeping to your neighborhood and seeing the same tired torsos day in and day out. I caught a few fish, but... You know, none worth reeling in, so I agreed to a nightcap at my friend's. The cocktails were delicious and the company unparalleled, but just as the ice started to flirt with the bottom of my glass, I got a message. Someone from the wide net I'd cast was interested. So, what are you looking for, handsome? Something about the alcohol and the late hour inspired radical transparency. Not sure why, but... I'm glad. What do I want? I want Prince Charming. I want the fairy tale. I want someone brave enough to show up for me. I want to be swept off my feet. What's your address? My mind split in a million directions. Why did he want to know? Was he prepared to do some sweeping? Was I prepared to be swept? <laughs> Why? I'm sending a car to sweep you off your feet. You'll come over for drinks. I got wet. What's your address? I was just drunk enough to believe in my fairy tale. So, I gave it to him. Hashtag Desperate Debbie. Okay, the car will be there in five minutes. The driver's name is Diana. Then he gave me the license plate along with the color because... To be honest, without that, I'd have been completely lost. Before I had time to fully consider what was happening, I got another message from him. The car's outside. Do you see it? Fuck. Uh, Heading down now. Without thinking, I jumped up and circled the room like a whirling dervish, saying goodbye as I gathered my things and downed the final sips of my drink. When I got downstairs, Diana was waiting for me in her black Escalade. How extravagant. He'd ordered me a black car. Going through the motions, I opened the door and climbed in. Diana? Yes. And off we went. Where are we going? 
She gave me the address and I entered it into maps. We were going to the West Village. Okay, I thought. At least now I know where I'm going. Worst comes to worst, I can hop on the train and come right back uptown. Are you in the car? Uh, I am. It's very nice. That was very sweet of you. Of course. It looks like you're getting closer. I'm going to get a few things ready. Use the door on the lower level. That's where the sitting room is. Then he sent through the address. No apartment number. Sitting room? Lower level? What was I walking into? Uh, Who was this guy? The car pulled up just as I was working myself into a tizzy. I took a deep breath and got out, looking at the address and trying to orient myself amidst so many unknowns. I was on the wrong side of the street. The address was even. I waited for a car to pass and crossed to the other side. It was the only sign of life, and as it pulled away, the silence of the West Village filled my senses. It was deafeningly vibrant. I was suddenly very aware I had no idea what I was walking into. I looked up the stoops to the front doors, searching for building numbers. Most of these were single-family townhomes, and the addresses weren't predominantly displayed. It, It was hard to find. I kept glancing back and forth between the address on my phone and the doors atop the stoops, paying zero attention to where I was walking. I barely avoided tripping over a homeless man. The near collision startled me, and I caught myself right before stepping on him, inevitably falling all over myself. Suddenly, I felt like I was on Willy Wonka's creepy-ass boat traveling through the tunnel. Every shadow posed a threat, intensifying my mission. Then I saw it. I'd passed the building two or three times, but... There it was, hiding in plain sight. Number 52. I cautiously descended the few stairs leading to the ivy-framed door until I was face-to-face with it. I took a moment and then rang the bell. I tried looking in the window, but I was barely able to see anything. The lights were dim. He appeared just as I was craning my neck that extra inch. Hello. I was taken with him immediately. I'm going to be honest. My memory of his face is vague. Was he attractive? Yes. Was he older? Yes. Can I remember any feature other than his graying hair? No. I just remember him looking distinguished, exotic, but relatable. He was exactly my type. He led me into his impeccably decorated foyer, into a sitting room on the lower level. It was an open floor plan that easily meandered from sitting room to kitchen, to dining room, to outdoor space, to staircase that led to upper levels. I was in awe. It's like I was seeing behind the curtain of how the other half lives. I tried to sober up as best I could, even as I drank the wine he offered. I knew I'd need to have my wits about me. Not because I was afraid he'd try something, but because I knew the conversation would require all of me. And I was right. We talked about philosophy and politics, art and culture. It was more stimulating to my entire body than my last three hookups. I wanted to know more. Give me a tour. Okay. And off we went. The main floor was gorgeous, plush, untouched. It was clear why he wanted me to meet him downstairs. That was where he spent more of his time. He made very little of the main floor, and up we went. The next housed his bedroom, and unclear what else, I was too distracted by him having to enter a code to get in. 
It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. A keypad to get into his bedroom. It begged more questions than I was willing to ask, especially as he came up behind me and we started to kiss. It was gentle but passionate, in no way threatening. It was lovely. When he was done, he led me up another flight. To be honest, there may have been two more flights, but I was high from his kiss. (laughs) There he showed me into his studio where he painted beautiful works of art. They were things he did in his spare time, he said, a way for him to relax and unwind from the craziness of it all. There was a brief jaunt around another bit of outdoor space and then back down to the sitting area at basement level. He was kind, loving, calm in a mystical way. He left me with a feeling of hope, promise for my future. We both knew we couldn't date, and sex would have been too powerful to be casual. So we sat, talked, made out just enough to quench our extreme desire for physical contact, each with raging hard-ons that were constantly being adjusted but never released. And then... Around three in the morning, he turned to me and said, I'm going to call you a car. I wasn't offended. That was the right choice for us. I know this sounds ludicrous, but this was one of those magical moments I can't explain. Maybe it's the universe's way of reaching out, letting you know it's all going to be okay, that he's out there. But you know, something's not ready. Something's not quite right, And while it's hard to accept the timing is still off, it's moments like this that remind me to keep the faith. Moments that promise a fulfillment of destiny, of love, of a transcendental love that promises to transport our basic understanding of greatness to a level we didn't know existed. It's these moments that keep me coming back for more. Thank you for listening to The Cultural Experience, Season 1, The Alphabet Chronicles, the podcast that's 100% true, except when it's not. Essays are written by Cole Grissom, inspired by real events, but rest assured, if a character resembles you in any way, I promise you're wrong. If you like what you heard today, subscribe, share, tell your friends, your frenemies, your bad dates, your good dates... The guy in the alley you're planning on giving a handy to later tonight. Tell them all. Until next time, friends. <laughs>